Welcome to the Movement for Modern Life podcast. I'm Kat Farrance and I'm founder of the Movement for Modern Life, known as the Netflix of yoga. In this podcast, I'll be exploring ways that we can all move more freely towards a healthy, happy and sustainable life. I'll be meeting teachers and experts in a variety of different fields. I'll be sharing with you some of my tips and tools that I have in my toolbox so you can take your small steps towards a healthy, happy, sustainable life. Welcome back to the second series of Movement for Modern Life's Champions of Change podcast. My name is Kat Farrance and I'm founder of Movement for Modern Life. And in this series, I interview people who are champions of change, of transformation, of living their yoga on and off the mat. And that's really what I want to explore. I want to find people. I want to hear from people who are able to help us and help me to live my happier, healthier, and most sustainable life. And the first in this series, in this second series, so thank you very much for joining us again, is Dan Pepiat. He is an amazing guy. He's a yoga teacher. He runs and facilitates yoga teacher trainings. But more than that, he just has a very, very different perspective on life. And now we're coming into the Christmas season. I thought it would be really useful for me to just touch base with him and find out how he is, how he's getting through the Christmas festivities and what his thoughts are on how we can just live life a little bit differently. As usual with Dan, you can expect some fun stuff, some meanderings around, some journeys in thought. But most of all, I, I think and I hope that this will just be a little bit something different to the average Christmassy ear treat that you are receiving at the moment. So sit back, grab a cup of tea, and enjoy. Today I'm meeting Dan Pepiat. Dan is the founder of Yoga Like Water, which is a yoga teacher training. And well, Dan, tell me, tell me about it. What, why Where Yoga Like Water and what's it all about? Why Yoga Like Water? Um, well, what's it all about? I don't know. I see I, I, calling me the founder. That's that's a difficult thing, I suppose. Cause <laughs> it was it was just an idea, <laughs> and uh, I think it's it's become something much more than I ever imagined it would be, uh, which is nice. But that's mm. just all really as a result of everybody and the people that have done, you know gone through the process with us over the years um yeah it's uh, it's it's more than yoga i don't mm -hmm. talk too much about more but it's yeah it's uh if i could have rechristened it probably i wouldn't have had the word yoga in the name actually but would you uh, not no, no so you but but you've been a yoga teacher for what how many years oh not not loads i, I don't know actually probably, i can't remember now uh maybe seven ish or something seven ish and you practiced for a long time. most of oh, your life. Well, years, over half, yeah, so yeah. probably 25 years, yeah. Mm. But, um, yeah. And, always... and, and, you, and, and from what you said, you're slightly distancing yourself from the word yoga. What's that about? Um, I, it's not, yeah, I, th I just don't want to exclude certain parts of the 
population or demographic mm -hmm. that you know that that might only yeah that may be put off by the word yoga for example whereas mm -hmm. i think what we actually do is probably far far removed from what most people consider yoga to be whereas mm -hmm. I, I still perceive it as yoga because i perceive almost anything as yoga but mm -hmm. um you know what the western take on yoga is is probably not really what we're about as such mm. yeah i think you're right the word yoga can be very distancing to so many people and it's mm. the same thing i call movement for modern life the same you know i didn't mm. want yoga in the title because um it just seems like it's going to be full of loads of scary skinny blonde <laughs> young women making <laughs> terrifying shapes at you <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe it just seems like it limits your options <laughs> limits your options that's it and well, and who would want their options to be limited exactly so, exactly. so what kind of things do you do in um, sort of lack of our, yoga yoga workshops yeah. future trainings um i think we explore really we explore everything and anything um start always starting with ourselves and mm. our own experience and not taking anything that anybody tells us including me certainly to mm. be the truth without first of all verifying that personally from your own experience um so uh, yeah, all of the trainings are very much experiential processes. Well, I don't, they're not really trainings, they're just, you know, times together. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, we've, uh, for example, the teacher training, we, we're very clear at the start that you can't possibly go and share anything with anyone else until you really understand yourself. So we spend um, a lot of time, yeah, exploring what, 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 what that really means. Woof. <laughs> yeah, that was me. Gonna... Sorry, I spontaneously <laughs> bark. <laughs> you can come here. Come on, you come here, and Dan <laughs> is going to stop woofing, and you're going to stop woofing. <laughs> right, John, we'll cut that bit out, please. Oh, um, I like that bit. Oh, did you like that bit? Yeah, yeah I think we anyway. should keep that. <laughs> it's the more work. real. It's more real. People are like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no one likes polished. It, no, it's, well. a, it's a false presentation of real, reality. Well, well, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know quite what reality is. <laughs> so, John, leave the dog in and that little conversation about reality. <laughs> 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 and that bit as well. <laughs> oh, man, that is so nobody wants anything too polished no exactly i think they love all this little in between chit chat i mean like if i was listening to a podcast i'd love all this bit i'd love all the chitter in between yeah would you great. yeah absolutely keep me listening i don't want to listen to someone rambling for an hour <laughs> <laughs> well i think i think that you've got quite an interesting take on on life you see i think that's an interesting way of seeing things and and it's very fascinating how you that there is no sort of ca char characterization it's just a, an exploration into ourselves and if somebody's sort of starting that process where do you think a good place to start with is mm, that's a really good question and something that i think actually i'm probably guilty 
at this stage of um, forgetting sometimes because mm. when you're quite a way into your own explorations, it's almost, uh, you almost forget how that began, which was yeah. normally very messy and um, <laughs> completely disjointed and disorganised because <laughs> you're looking yeah. frantically for where to start. Um, I'd, I'd say probably that the first thing to do for anybody is to explore um, stillness um, you, just to stop running um, towards things and away from things um, no 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 no. That's, that can't be a first step that's too hard do you think yes <laughs> yes I do well, I'm well, a not runner to, I've maybe, always been and I'm a long distance runner at that <laughs> <laughs> maybe oh yeah, maybe not to actually stop because that's not going to happen but maybe just too to be hard. aware that you are running is probably stuff just mm. just the awareness of what's going on mm. um just to occasionally be aware that your your mind is always racing and you're always racing and you don't even notice it so even mm. if you get that half a second of stillness that can yeah. be like a real electric shock to most people to realize that there is something still there when they they're not constantly chasing and running around um and then you know you start to question what that is what oh my goodness if i'm still here when i stop thinking maybe uh i'm a lot different to what i actually thought i was um, yeah anyway maybe that's going too deep but certainly awareness that you're running and you're constantly chasing mm. is is a great start i think in our culture though that's so intrinsic to who we are it's very, it very hard to start there. Because yeah, absolutely. What we are is, you know, I just think uh, on myself for my first 35 years, I was, you know, I was going to do this, I was doing my exams, I was going to be a lawyer and, you know, all of these things. Mm. And the minute you stop, you kind of, it's terrifying anyway. It is completely terrifying. As someone who has quite a lot of space in their days by mm. design, um yeah a lot of my friends say my goodness if i lived like you did i'd go completely mad within a week and yeah it, and it is it's probably um at times having a lot of empty space which you know which i've designed into mm-hmm. life um has been really difficult mentally from a point of uh depression and anxiety mm-hmm. because uh, yeah because you're not just filling it up with inane nonsense all the time to distract yourself from, uh, yeah, from what's really going on. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I would guess you would start with some really basic mindfulness practices, as in, you know, just trying to calm, calm that monkey mind, just mm. by focusing it on something really simple, like the breath or a candle or whatever you take as your point of concentration um yeah i mean that is the first first stage i guess for almost everybody and but you will only ever take that stage when you get totally exhausted of mm-hmm. chasing which mm-hmm. is pretty much what happened to me i probably know is it different to anybody at all and they're probably worse than, than most you know i could well as you can tell i could i could probably reel off half a dozen of the different lives i've led and there are still lots I've forgotten. <laughs> but, you know, I spent a lot of time just jumping from one thing to another, thinking that that was going to make me happier. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, completely exhausting all the all the different egos and personalities that I've inhabited over the years. Um, and I'm sure all of us do to more, you know, some extent or another. Mm. Um, and then at some point, you just get completely shattered by doing that and you realise you're never actually any more content than when you started. <laughs> well, lots of people so. just suffer from burnout, don't they? Yeah. Because they do that yeah. running and chasing and then they suffer from burnout and then they sort of say, well, I'll look at my nutrition and I'll try and get better sleep. But actually, effectively, they a lot of us will continue with the same life. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, like you say, I think this, you know, I'll get better nutrition or I'll, you know, get more sleep or I'll learn to breathe better and da-di-da-di-da mm -hmm. is all really good, but it's still just a sticking blaster over the actual root of the problem, which is something I talk about a lot. You know, a lot of us spend an awful, an awful lot of our time pulling off the the flowers and the leaves of the weeds mm -hmm. uh, because we don't you know want to see the weeds but the root is never actually pulled up and it just grows back so we do all these practices mm -hmm. which actually you know are, are really beneficial and really useful and great mm -hmm. coping strategies but um to actually get to the root of the weed and, and pull it up forever is something quite different you know it's not a coping strategy that's a that's a permanent fix Hmm. Um, and something that will obviously take a lot more time and dedication um, but yeah that's just you know that's not not going to be for everybody in this lifetime maybe. no well I was going to say that seems like a um, that seems something that might be very unachievable for most of us who are still on the hamster wheel of you know you go to work make your money do your whatever's come home slump <laughs> mm, yeah yeah absolutely and, um, and and for that it's sort of the sticking plasters which is you know the do your yoga and you will feel better do some meditation you will feel better these are these are little guarantees and little tools for us yeah. to get through this modern life but i think what you're yeah. suggesting is some a sort of something a little bit more um more fundamental a bit more of uh, a, a bigger change um, yes and yes and no. Like you know, nobody ever said that you need to change your life in any way whatsoever. Um, mm -hmm. All of those practices are probably more real when practiced within the context of your actual life. Like, mm. which is why you know, for example, when we're training, we don't use mats. Um, we try and Talk to me about that. Well, it's just a really sort of simple way that people shoehorn themselves into a yoga practice you know it's, it's it like confines their physical practice um just as like you know it's really nice to have a, a quiet corner of your house with with your little sort of uh statues and, and mm -hmm. candles in for meditation but at the same time you shoehorn yourself into that little space um so i'm not by any stretch of the imagination saying don't do that uh, you know i do that myself and it's really valuable but but actually, uh, which again is something we talk about a lot on our you know, workshops and things, is that it has to become a part of every second of your life when you're being shouted at by the boss and mm. someone screaming out of their car window at you for cutting them up. Uh, that's the time to draw on your practice and and to practice. You know, like mm. you always say, you're you know, it's a common saying, isn't it? Like you're your worst enemy is your greatest teacher and 
people mm. totally overlook how true that is. And if your worst enemy is your job and your lifestyle, then make it your teacher. Um, mm. So, so I sort of disagree in that it's not accessible to everybody because I think it completely is accessible to everybody. Um, mm. It's just a change of mindset. That, that that's not easy for sure. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, it, it is. And I know from experience and from the people that go through a, you know, a year with us, people make ridiculously enormous shifts in their lives, which were previously seemed unbearable um, just in the space of a year, just by completely shifting their perspective on, on how they can do that. Um, it's nothing I give them. I certainly can't give them anything. It's just, you know, just by maybe just uh, encouraging some inquiry and a, a fresh look at, you know, how they are actually living. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know if that answers that. It's probably a bit of a ramble. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a very useful ramble, Dan, yeah. because I think there are plenty of people, you know, who feel just sort of slightly like life isn't great, but they don't kind of, they're not able to pinpoint why. Mm. Or what what that might be about, you know, just a sort of a slight gnawing away. It's not a not a moment of you know, oh my god, something needs to change. And I think that that's possibly the problem. I think about my life for the fir- my first thirty five years when I was a lawyer, and actually the trouble was that there wasn't anything big happening. Mm. It was yes. just sort of a, a, a gnawing dissatisfaction with life. <laughs> <laughs> Well, doesn't that's you know yoga doesn't yoga say that you know that's our suffering that's our dukkha and it's the mm. it's the cartwheel or you know, mm. they say the axle of the wheel that's not aligned properly and rather than the wheel spinning lovely and smoothly mm-hmm. we feel a bit like we're bumping through life mm-hmm. we can't quite put our finger on what's wrong but there's just a little bit of a misalignment and um, that's it that's exactly yeah. the that that's exactly the feeling isn't it it's like yeah. the wheel just doesn't quite go around perfectly. And we're not sure, and maybe it's a bit like the journey that you were alluding to, where, whereby, you know, you kind of change things. You keep trying to change aspects of your life. We're like, mm, is it this screw that's not working? That, would that help the wheel run smoother? Is it a little bit WD-40 and it's not the... F- and actually, mm. you didn't realize, well, actually, it was an entirely the wrong... <laughs> yeah, I'm looking in the wrong place. And mm. I, I think that sort of comes down. Yeah, that's very much like the, you know, what I've been writing about lately, this whole mm. idea that we constantly look for for more. Mm-hmm. Like we, we're looking for more uh, materially, mm. metaphysically, everything. We're always thinking that the problem is that we're missing something because it mm-hmm. feels like something's missing from life. So we constantly look for this thing, this moreness, mm-hmm. um, and we never find it by earning more, getting better cars. You know, we all know um, plenty of rock stars and pop stars who have got everything and the fame and everything, you know, materially, and then have the most dreadful crashes. Um, mm-hmm. It just isn't out there in more. So um, it's not even out there in more you know, reading more self-help books and uh, mm. practicing yoga for more hours every day. It doesn't really work like that from my experience anyway. Mm. Um, it comes from letting go because um, you can't be more yourself. Like you are ready, you. Mm. It's a really peculiar question to 
to start inquiring if you think about it how something's missing how can I become more me it's like <laughs> we're already like entirely who we are um so you go in this enormous circular journey you know um searching 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 and um if you're lucky you sort of just end up back where you started and <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's a bit, well, that's what all of the religious texts are about, isn't it? Every, every, every uh, inspired book and philosophy pretty much says the same thing in just in varying ways. Mm. Um, so, so the answer isn't in more, and it's very hard because, well, we're recording this in the run-up to Christmas, and mm. that is a time where people are perhaps taking a, bit more of a long view on their lives because the Christmas period is a funny period where we all sort of do different things which makes us look at our lives a little bit differently but also of course then there's the all the relentless TV ads telling us that your kids will love you more if you buy them more yeah so it's a very um in a, in a way Christmas I think encapsulates um, uh, kind of what uh, what goes on with all of us lot in the world. It does. It does. And it's I guess time of striving. Well, yeah, it really is, isn't it? And uh, you know, I think that that I mean, that's all one of my sort of you know ideas or theories. I don't know, whatever mm-hmm. feelings. I guess is that 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 questing for more is mm-hmm. really at the heart of. Uh, all of the crises that we're facing right now, you know, our environmental crisis and uh, our mental health crisis and all of that can be traced back to this constant craving, craving, craving for more because, you know, we've all got, certainly in our society and not in other parts of the world, but probably in most of the world now by large, you know, more than we need. Mm-hmm. We'll take more than we need. Um Um, we can only be doing that because we think it's going to make us somehow happier or more content because if not you would just take perfectly enough for what you needed to survive Mm. Um, and you know I guess you could you could draw a strong link between that mindset and the way that we pillage the, the planet of its resources and you know there's there's not really a way out of this that is simple you know i did a blog the other day that talked about you know it's all very good saying all we want we want you know uh, brand new sort of uh, carbon neutral boilers and electric cars and everything else but they don't just materialize out of thin air they they require a massive amount of resources and energy and mining and transport to for those things to happen, as well as to get rid of all the stuff that we've already got. I mean, where did everyone think that suddenly magically vanishes to? Mm-hmm. Um, I think rather than just going, well, let's do more and get ourselves out of this thing by creating even more stuff, really society needs to just shift their mindset away from this more paradigm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they do that, it will all make complete sense. <laughs> like, I don't have to just keep chasing more and more and more and more stuff. Um, mm. You know, I've got a car that's 15 years old and it's worked pretty darn well for the last 10 years of that. So, um, 
Mm-hmm. I don't really need another car. <laughs> right. And I suspect that most of the population are like that, you know. Um, yeah, re- no, reality. absolutely. I, I, have, I have the same sort of quandaries with myself because I drive a horrible diesel car. But then I mm. think, well, in order to create that sexy new electric car, all of those resources that would have gone into it, I may as well just chug up and down the country in my... It's very true. It's true. Yeah, I mean, manufacturing, transport, and goodness knows, child labour in the mining for the lithium Mm. batteries and God knows what else that are involved is... um, I think, you know, we we shouldn't beat ourselves up about having these things because, like, I'm full... Well, fortunately or unfortunately, whatever, that's, you know, just subjective. But this is the world we exist in and um, it requires energy and everybody requires energy. And if there were only a million of us on the planet, none of this would be an issue whatsoever. But mm. at the end of the day, there's a ridiculously huge number of us. We do really well relatively you know from a species point of view and people say well we're always killing each other and there's always wars yeah but you know if you had this sort of overpopulation in any other species they would be murdering each other yeah we're pretty abundant aren't we so yeah we yeah i mean we're very abundant and somehow we manage our resources pretty well certainly not incredibly but considering the number and the distribution of us i think people forget how well we do get along, you know, mm. we don't go out in tribes marching around the country, murdering each other for, you know, whatever. These are all mm. fairly isolated. Naturally, as a species, yes, there are way too many of us. Um, the earth, I'm sure, will balance that out eventually because that's what happens, um, you know, with any animal. But um, actually, I'm not sure guilt should come into it. It's... We were sort of brought into into this sort of world. We do our best, most of us. Uh, mm. Even if you chase constantly more, it's not because you're a bad person. It's just because, like every human on the planet, you want to suffer less and feel more happy. So it's mm-hmm. just it's just a misunderstanding, you know. I don't think there's any blame to be attributed, really. Um, that's, that's nice. A good, it's a good place to start. <laughs> it's a, all, yeah, I like that. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is with peoples, with all of our searching for more, often we don't think of it as more. So I know, I mean, gosh, I'm still very much caught in, the, in that sort of mindset, of course. Like, you know, I'm the worst as anyone. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, me too. But um, when, when I was a lawyer, all I was thinking about was my next holiday. And in mm. a way, that's not, is that a searching for more? In a way, it's not just the more, it's just, it's, it's, it's a, a not being here. Yeah, it's a more and a less. It's a, it's yeah, a, right. it's a, it's a, you know, you're run. I mean, because if you're given the option and someone says, could I, could you, would you like more holidays? You'd go, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love more holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's a, it's a movement away from, something we're not feeling comfortable mm. in isn't it we feel like we need that we just I, I guess you could say like holidays are a search for less in a way aren't they they're we're mm. searching for less clutter like holidays are a time well ironically mm. often people go on holiday and exhaust themselves running around but for a lot of us just go away and chill out and do mm. less to sit and read a book because we just want 
that feeling of less stuff going on you know i'm a terrible one for it i i i really hate to be swamped by masses of stuff going on around me uh i don't like that feeling it is that's actually really fascinating dan and i've never thought of it in our everyday lives we do have I mean, my diary is ludicrous at minute to minute. It's panned out for me for the next sort of five years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. There's, there's very, very little room for silence. And you're absolutely right. On holiday, all you want to do is stick your nose in a book and lay down somewhere and just mm. not have to do anything. And no. you just think, God, why do you have to run away to... You don't have to run away to do that. You just sit on your sofa doing it. It's really difficult. Well, you know, it's another thing I talk about a lot. It's one of my uh, one of my little rambles. And it's What's that? So, well, this the, the, the why we find it so difficult to. Um, just do nothing or what right. seems like nothing and to just be there's probably a yeah. better word like why do we find it so hard just to be um, and I think it just comes from complete cultural indoctrination pretty much yeah. from the second we're you know in, from the moment we're infants because mm. if you work harder you get another star in class and then the teacher says go and write another two pages that's brilliant you can do it more they give you another sticker and mm-hmm. you get a pat on the head and you know you're always told to work hard get another degree get another mm-hmm. exam it's constantly more, 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 more. Mm-hmm. You've got to look busy. People don't respect you if they don't think you're. Con- and, and we have to project this image of being constantly busy and running around. And wow, because it makes us seem like we're so in demand and so wanted. And you know, our ego loves the thought that oh, we're so busy because we're so needed. Therefore, we must be valuable. And there's this, you know, there's a, this idea that that us as a as a commodity as a, a have some value by being busy and being you know constantly in demand or uh, in a position where people need us or, or whatever you know but certainly being busy and, and if you turn around and say well today i've done not much i've been surfing or whatever you know and that was really cool people look at you as if you you know that's number one they can't get their head around the fact number two it just seems like that's the sort of thing you should only do if you're on holiday because you've earned it but actually it's our birthright Mm. to just be who we are there's no contract we sign at birth to say go and flog yourself for the next 50 60 70 years until Mm. the government decide it's time that you can retire maybe have a couple of years of rest before you cark it (laughs) (laughs) you know but you see it all the time people like get to 70 retire have a couple of good years before their health fails if they're lucky Mm. and you're like "I, i want that now i don't know you know why on earth would i spend the next X number of years preparing for pension, which is the weird mentality we're in. <laughs> Let's get everything together so I can rest in 35 years' time. Um, it's like, no, I'm in good health now, touch wood. Uh, mm. I think I'll enjoy it now and have and worry about that when I get there, if I mm. get there, because <laughs> I might get hit by a car tomorrow. Mm. Um, and I know that's something people really find hard to level with, but um, mm. it's just a fact that we, you know, there's a strong, you know, there's a Buddhist practice where they wake up every morning and and basically you know, accept that this will be their last day on earth. Uh, it's very powerful for all sorts of reasons, but, you know, it's a reminder that we are very transient, impermanent. We have no idea. 
about what's tomorrow or in the next second you know um so you should live life now don't don't think you're going to live it in five years 10 years 20 years time don't think i'll sort my meditation and my yoga practice out next year next year next year it's like just just get on with it and get down to it do it now because you may not have tomorrow to get on with it and you really wish you had started <laughs> yeah. i don't know that's that's my take on it anyway as I, I, I don't, yeah i think we waste a lot of time pontificating putting things off preparing planning and you know, one of our key ignorances from a yoga point of view, which, you know, our root ignorance is, is that we forget everything is completely transient and passing and we have absolutely no idea what is coming. Mm. Um, but because we imagine we do, we waste our lives um, with all sorts of nonsense <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> rather than just living them, uh, you know. And that's not to say, like, oh, chuck your job in, sit at home meditating all day. It's just live it fully. If you're at work, live it fully. If you don't like work, then do something about it. Either change your your perspective on it or change your job or live on less. Or they're, they're, You know, it's not a solution for everyone. I'm not naive, but mm. bless you. Um, <laughs> dog just that, that, that was a little gracie <laughs> dogs need blessing too and uh yeah no i think i think we just forget that we take it all for granted and assume we're going to be here for the next x number of years and mm. you know it's not the case just just get down to it if you i did a workshop this weekend on, on sort of you know what is meditation what is the mind what is mm-hmm. self you know and that's one of the things i really talked about it's like don't keep thinking you're going to get a handle on this stuff in you know 10 years time when you've got a bit when you've got a bit more space or when the kids have left home or your job's less busy is that you've got to do it now Get up at four o'clock in the morning. People go, oh, I haven't got fight. I've got no time. You know, we home educating our kids for fifteen years since they were born. They're with us, two children, twenty four hours a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the last few years, where life has been a lot calmer, uh, work wise. But um, before that, I was as hectic as anyone, and still find time to to do quiet sitting and whatever I need or just by setting my alarm clock an hour early. Mm-hmm. There is always time. Um, mm-hmm. It's all our time, you know. People well, go, that's oh, it, yeah. I mean, it's, oh. it's, it's something that people um, often say to me. It's probably the thing that people will say to me most often as um, for a home yoga practice, they'll say, oh, I'd love to, I just don't have time. And I just think, mm. oh, wow, you're the one with 23 hours in your day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah, perspective, isn't it? Because if something's important, you just have to make the time to do it because otherwise it's not there. And, and fair enough, just, you can just own up to yourself and say, do you know what? It's not that important to me. And no, that's absolutely, absolutely. And if meditating and if yoga isn't important to you, that is totally cool. Absolutely. Um, you know, just make sure you're enjoying doing something else. You're exactly right. If you're happy enough with doing what you're doing, then just do it <laughs> because it sounds yeah. like you're probably doing it well. Yeah, uh, exactly. But it's yeah. just if you're not and you wanted some tools to yeah. make you happier and healthier and give you a little bit, it's that, it's that perspective, isn't it? That ability to look at your life in the long view and 
that ability to sort of say, if this was my last day, mm. is this a good one? And and be actually okay with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You can put it better, really. It's it's not like you could get up every day and go, well, if this is my last day, right, I'm going to go and do a parachute jump and da-da-da-da-da, uh, because that's what I would do. Yeah. You know, but like, live it as if it was. Really engage in your conversations with people. Really listen to what they've got to say. Listen to yourself. Take out... 10 minutes and just read a book you know just just have just live life not don't just which is what happens is that we just zombie walk through life mm. uh, not all of us you know but an awful lot of us mm-hmm. we're stuck in a rut or stuck in whatever we just zombie walk through but work can be you know whatever your work is can be the, uh, an incredibly rich experience depending on how you perceive it uh, you know it's um yeah, absolutely. How you frame um, it? Yeah, and I mean, and, I, yeah, go on. Sorry, no. I mean, I love. Yeah, I love it when you get like a cold call from 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 a call centre in India. <laughs> Do you? you know. Oh, I love it because, like, uh, what, pretty, what do they have to face when they call your number? They have a convers. We have a conversation. I like. I ask them where they are and, uh, uh, and what the weather's like and what the time like. You know, sometimes at times, you know, if they're chatty, they probably get told off for. But you know, you ask about their family. You ask when they finish and what they're going to do after work. Because I generally find it fascinating to know what somebody in Mumbai is mm. going to do when they finish work. You know, it's often go to bed because they're sort of different time to us but um you know engage with people don't just go oh someone else wasting my time and they're so happy that you've taken two minutes to talk to them like a human being um that's possibly Mm. just changed their entire day um Mm. of doing two three hundred whatever god knows how many calls i have to make um, I'm just giving you obviously an example, but uh, I love well, that. But to be honest, I, it'll also change your day. Because absolutely. Instead of, uh, you know, how do I feel when I get one of those calls? I feel interrupted. I feel ratty. It's like, yeah. oh, God, don't you know yeah. I'm busy doing X, Y, Z? And then mm. who are you to come on the phone and tell me, da, 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 sell me window glazing or whatever? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> actually... Yeah. So, so as a result of that interaction, I have um, my mental health has decreased, mm. um, and probably so has theirs because they've been on the phone to this ratty bird. Um, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I'm sure I've done the same at times as well. Um, so that's a really nice little. That's a nice little metaphor for, I guess, all the little tiny interactions and the fact that we we don't have to wait for the big thing. Exactly, exactly. It's not it's not gonna be some lightning there is no big thing bowl out of the blue for most of us, you know, okay. For some it might be, but for most of us it's just uh that yeah, I think we wait around for some sort of spontaneous enlightenment awakening event to happen. <laughs> A lot of us do anyway, and it, that's just not it. It's you start planting those seeds and living mm. like the person you really are mm. um not like a better person because you mm. are, already are that better person you've just mm. forgotten and mm. and then life becomes amazing um mm. and I, I, i'm not by any stretch game my life is amazing and i do that all the time i'm just saying when i do do that and i remember to do those sort of things my life feels incredibly more oh, rich yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah 
And and actually, again, this is a really good conversation for around Christmas because so many of us are faced with aunts and uncles and family who we really don't enjoy their time. But actually, making the time for somebody and hearing a story, no matter how much you know your political views might be different, your experience of life might be different. It's oh, actually absolutely. a very interesting. It's an interesting time if you can really be with that person oh yeah for sure i mean family are always going to trigger you Mm. you know unless you're incredibly lucky um well not lucky just you know just happen to click i mean Mm. i'm the same with you know with with my parents i love my parents you know deeply uh, but me and my mum, my mum would be the first to say, you know, we, we're always like conflicting on our views. Mm-hmm. And um, so, but, you know, it's a time, well, not just at Christmas, but any time, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to all practice um, patience with each other. Because I imagine mm-hmm. I'm just as frustrating to, to my mum as oh, my mum is to me. You know, I can <laughs> imagine I drive anyone around the twist to be fair. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's your time to, to to practice patience and listening and and accepting that everybody has got needs and uh, everybody wants to be happy and um, you know me you whoever we're talking to um, to to give that time. So you know, I mean, it could be a real fallacy. I think of a lot of people to think that. Um, maybe they go and do you know five hours of of practices on their yoga mat a week or in class mm-hmm. and ten hours of meditation um, and you and you meet people like that and mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily really seem to be getting anywhere with the real work which is mm-hmm. talking to the person on you know on a phone from India on a, from a call center or you know being able to connect with someone they struggle to to be with Mm. um yeah you know don't mug yourself off by thinking you're doing your practice and you're just going through the motions um uh, and equally you know i'm not saying they can't be powerful because you know your practice is incredibly powerful but like i said before it's if you do you live it or you just you know you're just going through the motions really it's it's two different things Mm. um but yeah, you, you know, we're all guilty of that. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that you touched on briefly before was that thought of um, the busyness as a distraction. So being busy to try and distract ourselves from something else that we're not facing, not dealing with in life. Yeah, yeah. Is that I something think... that you become aware of yourself, Dan? Yes, you abs- yeah, I do that. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't so much at all now Uh, probably the last three three or four years I've literally had to force myself to stop like you know by massive effort right Um, so you so you catch yourself in the act yeah yeah Um, well I mean I was I mean, I was the greatest, greatest runner of them all. I think mm. I'd give, uh, I'd give Zola Bard a run for her money. But uh, <coughs> younger viewers or listeners, you won't remember Zola Bard. <laughs> she was pretty cool. <laughs> she used to run marathons with no shoes on. But, uh, anyway, um, 
Yeah, no, I mean, I changed. I was, uh, oh, goodness me, I went to medical school mm. and then I decided uh, I didn't like the feeling of that. So I went to, you know, studied environmental science, like pollution science. I thought I'd save the planet. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't really click with the, the, the idea of, I don't know really what happened there, actually. I don't know, to be honest. But uh, the next thing I knew, I was working as an archaeologist. And then, and then we were traveling. And then, you know, one idea after then it came back from there. And I was working as a teacher. And we mm -hmm. got enough money together. And then we ran to France. We bought a small holding. You know, this is probably... 15 16 years ago right. rebuilt a house in the middle of nowhere oh i forgot scotland lived in in the middle of northern scotland for a while as well in the middle of nowhere in between all this uh, oh, nice. you know this looking and then come back and then we lived on a boat and got another boat fitted the boat out wow. probably changed job many times and then, I, then mm. there was an art you know installation artist because i thought that looked cool and i thought mm. that would make me, make me happier yeah uh, so, you know, and I did. Uh, no, of course not. I mean, I, they're, 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 I mean, I, I've, I love being creative and I love making stuff. But, you know, um, like any job, like any job, there's things you love and there are things you hate. And uh, mm -hmm. eventually, the, you know, I probably wasn't level headed enough to, to, to stick with that. So then, yeah, I don't know, but it's teaching and sort of, yeah, drifted into teaching yoga sort of by accident, really, and uh, which seemed a very good point to then stop running <laughs> and teach from my own practice. Uh, so, it's, yeah, so that this is, I mean, we've been in the same house. We're just, we are just having a shift, but it's been very calmly thought about and logically gone through rather than a spontaneous sort of jumping to think thinking that it will make us happy you know there are there are reasons that we're thinking of moving um, that are quite logical mm. but, but so that's a very different thing to the reactive sense of oh don't like this run to that exactly which was me for three quarters of my life if not more and um you get shattered by it um mm -hmm. It's totally exhausting and yeah uh, and yeah so so when i stopped running um you're really confronted with all of that stuff that you've been running from because <laughs> you don't really want to actually ever be with it. Uh, you know, just your, yourself, basically. Um, yeah, just sitting quietly for most people, you know, just sitting quietly, keeping your mind focused and still for 10 minutes or even a minute for most people is almost unbearable. There's some sort of feeling in the body that comes with that mm -hmm. that people just can't tolerate mm -hmm. and uh, I can you know I can't quite describe what that feeling is but it's very much there um, there's a feeling that I've got to pick the phone up or get up or do something or read a self-help book instead of just sitting quite you know God, uh, you know, probably probably adding to the burden with yet another book, really. But uh, <laughs> help helps get all my ideas down in one place. But you know, we will much more happily sit and read a self help book or a yoga book or a meditation book than actually get down and help ourselves <laughs> meditate or do yoga. <laughs> it's like you know, all of us are like that. But it, from my experience, and I, you know, you talk about it from experience, you you have to stop. You have to stop even doing that sort of stuff and just get on with the work. Um, 
Yeah, or you'll just spend a lot of money on Amazon buying books. <laughs> but uh, I mean, the books are great as well. I'm not saying, you know, books and the classes and things are fantastic because they open up new lines of inquiry that you may never have even considered. And without the teachers that I've met, and, you know, by teacher, I, I mean any, everybody from my 97 year old nan to, the, you know, uh, to my first ever yoga teacher, you know, pretty much everyone you meet, you know, um, you can open up a, a new line of inquiry or a new thought or something clicks and they will have probably no idea that what they're saying or doing is going to resonate with you. Mm -hmm. I often say that to, to yoga teachers, you know, don't go out trying to, trying to, you know, <laughs> um, create some some sort of reaction or result that you think is desirable because you have absolutely no idea what you are going to do and how that's going to resonate with other people and uh, often i say the most you know i'll say the most flippant offhand remark in class that i haven't even thought about or will tell some stupid story about some idiotic thing i've done in my life and someone will come up afterwards and go, my God, when you said that, that really resonated with me. I, I've never really tuned into that before. Mm. You know, and we all do that with, with everything. And the more we pay attention to, to life and mm. our conversations and our meetings and our thoughts, those things happen more and more often from experience. Mm. Uh, don't need to go out looking for answers. The answers are all there. You just need to be open open to them uh, anyway that's my take well no I think it's absolutely fascinating and so much of this is resonating with me and I'll and I'll share a couple of the stories of um yeah because I completely can understand the running so when I was a lawyer I used to change jobs every two years yeah and I thought if I because it, because I wasn't happy and something didn't mm. work for me. And I thought, well, if I just change, if I do this kind of law, if I work with these kinds of people, if I do this kind of thing, maybe it'll then be okay. And running, running, always trying to find a different kind of thing. And of course, you know, I, I wasn't cut out to be a lawyer was the fact of it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that was a decision I should have just sort of taken because I knew it the minute I walked into my first law. <laughs> oh, what are we doing with this one? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, you know, just stop what you're doing, recalibrate. But I was probably, I was probably too afraid and too um, signed into the process. I, I'd subscribed to the process and I thought, you know, you can't give up, you can't quit, don't be that kind of a person, all this kind of rubbish. And sometimes it's the most appropriate thing to do is to stop what you're doing if it's not working for you. If you find yeah. living for your holidays and you're trying to tinker and find the right way, then maybe it is the right thing to stop and recalibrate and do something a bit different. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you end up in a just constant cycle of trying to change little bits along the end. And, yeah. um, and, then, and then the other thing that has really resonated with me about what you've said there, Dan, is that thing about... Um, about with distractions, just, you know, busying ourselves. Because I remember when, because, you know, you ha when you're in a, 
couple and all of this, um, you have a very, you have, you get into your little routine. This is what we do on a mm. Sunday. We trot along to the farmer's market and then we do this and then we make mm. our meal and, you know, not all couples. I'm sure there are people who don't do that, but that's what I did when I was with my ex and we did our thing. Yeah. Um, and then for me, when we divorced, when I divorced, the most terrifying thing was, God, what do I do with my weekends? What do people yeah. do? <laughs> What do people yeah. do when they, you know, when they don't have to be at work? Um, sure. Which was the work was the distraction, um, uh, and then the weekends were absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I can imagine. I can um, imagine. And that's the thing. And you know, we just busy ourselves and say, so "Okay, I'll meet up with this friend at eleven, and this friend I can go to at one." But Jesus, what am I going to do between one and four? Because then I'm meeting somebody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've it was got... quite extreme. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I've got to be alone with myself for an hour. <laughs> Absolutely, and it's like, okay, okay, okay. I know, I know what I can do. I can do, you know, and I and I devise these kind of things. And, and I guess yeah. that's what we all do as humans. We all devise these, right, okay, I'm going to busy myself between now and now and fit this end. Uh, absolutely. And we're Everything. just all of us avoiding the issue, really. We are. Even in the, you know, I, 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 yeah, I totally resonate with everything you're saying. And um, I mean, lately I've stopped, I've stopped even listening to audiobooks in the car. Have you? you? Know, so. I've just, I just drove, when I'm on my own, I drive in silence, you know, for, oh, wow. for you know, so occasionally I have to drive across the country and I just mm-hmm. see what that's like to drive for five hours in silence. And it's, it's, it's all right, actually, because, you, you know, you turn the radio on and it's generally bad news and bad music. <laughs> and some, yeah, you know, bad news uh, and bad music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or some nonsense, show, you know, uh, competition or something. And you think, oh, my God, I'm actually giving, it's like, if you could evaluate your, you know, a minute of your life. I think we've probably talked about this before. It's like, how much would I pay for, you know, on my deathbed, mm. one extra minute just to mm. say a few things? You would give every penny you owned. And, and mm. you know, sometimes I sit in the car and I think, I've just given 10 minutes of my life listening to Pop Masters with Ken Bruce on Radio 2, you know, sort of <laughs> Gary from Basingstoke answering some questions about Wham. And I'm like, that... 10 minutes it was completely invaluable and i've just spunked it on on gary from basingstoke and you know maybe 10 minutes in silence would have been so much more valuable to to me as a person what i could have taken from that time um yeah it's just a real shift of thought it's and uh, it's hard and, and practice is hard but um yeah, driving in silence is, is an interesting one. That's a, that's a good practice because I'm a massive podcast and audiobook fan and I enjoy my long car journeys for exactly that reason because I get mm. stuck in. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah it's brilliant. Sure. But, um, mm, actually, sure. silence yourself, goodness me. Worse, yeah, I mean, it's it's like people say, well, I've got no time to practice. And you think, well, I could, there's, you know, for most of us have to travel to work in some way or another, you mm. know. Um, well, there's there's travel time probably almost every day, probably uh, an hour for a lot of people or so. Yeah, so, absolutely. good Lord, make it your practice. You know, do something valuable with that hour. Yeah, no, that's that that's absolutely um, spot on. It's, it is because that's the other thing about practicing yoga at home. A lot of people say what you said about the the having your yoga mat and the candles and everything set out in the sacred way. That's so resonated with me because you know what. 
for me, my practice really isn't about, it's not like that. I just mm. stuff my mat on the floor in front mm. of the sofa with a doggos uh, all over it. I, I've got two massive dogs and they're both finding a space <laughs> on this little mat. <laughs> but I kind of find a little, you know, like, oh, well, if I put, if I do a wide warrior two, then everyone can fit on here. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. And it's kind of a question of just finding a <sighs> practice within my life. Because you know what? Yeah. That's what my life looks like. And I'm now... And I now am fairly resigned to the fact that I like it like this. I like having hairy little beasts trotting all over my home practice mat. And I like yeah. having that. And, yeah. and I don't want to have this homes and gardens life, which, you know, with a sacred area where everyone is shut out of, because that mm. wouldn't help. No, no, that's true. I think that's good analogy for the whole of life really it's <laughs> okay the, with the messiness that you've created it, exactly <laughs> and and your you know warrior two around the dogs is a great summary of how life really is and should be because you're either going to spend half hour of your practice fighting the dogs to stay off the map yeah. which probably is never eventually going to happen <laughs> they're just going to keep wandering back on because they love you so much um, or you just go by the path of least resistance and you flow around the dogs and everyone's happy and that you know a Taoist uh, point of view that's Wu Wei you know what they would call Wu Wei it's like uh, effort it's effort isn't it it's it's living your life in the flow in the stream and rather than trying to fight against the river all the time, mm. use the power of the river, not to just wash you to wherever it wants, but use the power of the river and just slightly redirect it. So, you know, you're going, and it feels like life is very moving efficiently. Um, mm. I can really resonate with that this this week, actually. I mean, mm. you know, um, whereas the last few years, we've been a bit stuck about what to do. Oh, that was me barking again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very John, done. we can leave that one in, John. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got the equivalent of barking Tourette's. <laughs> uh, see, see, that's a very natural moment in the podcast. And uh, it'd be very, very natural to keep it in. It's um, <laughs> life happening around us. Exactly. But, you know, we have to start with the little things. Um, yeah, we spent a few years like just trying to find a right place and get mm -hmm. things to work and somewhere we can, you know, maybe have land and do mm -hmm. community things. And it's just, even at times when it absolutely feels like it should have worked, you know, mm -hmm. we found somewhere we thought this is the right place, the mm -hmm. right money, the people are complete, you know, hippie yoga practitioners and we get on really well and mm -hmm. da, 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 it still hasn't worked out. Mm. And then we took a little shift of course, you know, and within a couple of days, things just totally unfolded without any effort whatsoever and mm. found somewhere, you know, to rent for a while that fitted us perfectly, that we could afford a friend of a friend and no deposit required, you know, all those sort of things. Mm -hmm. And it's just suddenly you feel like you're not pushing against the mm. the river, or the, mm -hmm. you know, you've just sort of dropped into it and you're going with it. Um and that river may chuck us back out again further downstream. You know, that's mm. that's not the point. Who knows what's to come? But you do very much feel when you are in the flow or when you're out of the flow. Like you mm. said about being a lawyer, it felt very stuck. It did mm -hmm. obviously a lot of resistance. It didn't feel right. 
but you you know you struggle with it for a few years because sometimes things change for well, like 12 years you know, 12 years <laughs> I mean that's persistent <laughs> I'd, I'd, if there's one thing that I am <laughs> you are I'd have given it uh, for probably 12 <laughs> weeks <laughs> or hours <laughs> but, uh, you know that's not to say I'm any better at this just means <laughs> I jump quicker <laughs> but um Yes. But, but yeah, that, that's the thing. It's finding, like, when you're doing the right thing, life does flow. And it does, yeah. It, for, and we've all been in that position where things just don't seem right and it doesn't seem right and you don't know what you can do about it and it's all getting trickier and stickier and stickier and stickier. And then just suddenly something will shift and then you're like, oh, that's better. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, that comes, I think we must learn to not cling to things. Um, you know, I think we, you came and taught on our on our training the other week and I can't remember if you asked me or someone in the class said to me, what happens if, you know, what happens if the training folds or yoga like water, whatever that, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that is, what happens if that folds? And I literally just went, well, I'll do something else. <laughs> And it's like it's really no more complicated than that. You know, it's it's uh, it would be out of my hands, and it's not like I'm going to throw it away. But although I have thrown businesses away and given them away in the past, quite happily to other people, um, and they've worked really well for them, so it was all obviously perfect. But um, yeah, you know, you've got to just learn if you really live this stuff. You're not just you know, uh, just it's not just a load of BS. Then. You need to just be willing to let go of it all when it's time to let go. And yeah, I don't, right. I don't, I don't know when that time will be, but I'll be told when that time is quite clearly because no one else will sign up for the course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I just don't but do also, it. I think you might know in yourself because that is, if we're talking about the reasons for why it is that it's a good idea to be okay with yourself and to be still. Maybe we're a, it's because it then you move into more of a gut feeling view of reality. So when yeah. you're in life, you can detect this is okay, this is not because you know yourself more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that gut, that gut feeling is something that people just have t- uh, have lost contact with. Yeah. And um, I'd, yeah, I mean, I. I guess some of us are just naturally more in tune with it for whatever reason. I don't know why. Um, some of us have to just trust a bit more and listen a bit harder. Yeah. But, you know, for, for like I said, this week, my gut just suddenly, of course, I was nervous because he's changing place for a bit, you know, for a few months and trying a new place and leaving people behind. But at the same time, I have a very strong gut feeling that, uh, okay, this is, at the moment, this is exactly what's meant to happen. It feels can, okay. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what that feeling is. I just, I just know. Um, so, so are you okay to? Get, can you share with me? I'm, I'm a little bit curious. What is this next step, Dan? What's going to happen? Oh, nothing too exciting. Just, uh, just going further west for a while. So we're just. So you're moving house. You're moving. Um, yeah. Well, and, and what's just, the plan with that? What, what are your sort of intentions? Uh, none really try not to have any because I don't know what they should be someone asked me that this week and I was like I don't know I try, I, try, I really try to avoid planning like these things because I think it's a bit of an ignorant process <laughs> uh, just, see, just let it unfold so yeah we're just moving a couple of hours into Cornwall uh, mm-hmm. for, for like four months 
um, just renting somewhere for a few months just to see how that is for everybody you know involved the whole family and uh, mm. and then it will all just unfold from there either we'll come back to where we are now or we will you know if it's all feels like it's flowing well then we'll just flow down there permanently but yeah not forcing it uh for a change, not you know, because yeah. what we would normally do is go, oh, we need to move. Yeah, let's that's sell right. Our, let's sell our house and jump to somewhere else that may or may not work. So it's like, well, let's. We know a few people. We know, we know, you know, all the clubs that the girls want to try out and go to, and you know, this and that. And there's a college, and we've been to look at these sort of things. Um, so yeah, it's been quite a long, thought-out process. Actually, probably been toying with it for about three or four years. And now you're able to just surrender to the process. Yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe you were resisting it, really. Because, uh, yeah, or maybe not. You know, it's been it's, this has been a good place for for the girls at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and beautiful place to be, right on the edge of Exmoor and the sea, sort of squashed mm-hmm. between the two. So, really beautiful, healthy place. Um, but bizarrely, further west, even further into the country, there's an awful lot more going on. Um, you know, activity-wise, now they're a little bit older, and and for for me and, and Gemma as well, actually, there's not much culturally going on around here. Brilliant for surfing and being outdoors, but uh, I can still surf there, and and you know, just maybe go out and see things that are happening, which is which would be nice because yeah, it seems to be lacking a bit of community uh, here. It's a tricky sort of place. A lot of people come here to be uh, quite cut off, which I can understand because right. um, it is very cut off. But, um, <laughs> who knows? We just, mm, just see how it unfolds. Nothing exciting. No, in terms of um, just bringing it down to basics then, because I, what I'm really keen to get now uh, are the little things that people might be able to do, the little tools that might help them to be able to just get through the run-up to Christmas and then also dealing with uh, you know, whatever, may, whatever their Christmas circumstances may be, which may be you know, lots of us feel a little bit lonely. We feel a little bit like, Things aren't perfect. Things aren't the way that they are in the ads. And mm. for a lot of us, we they are how they are in the ads, except everybody is a nightmare. <laughs> and it doesn't really... <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, uh, it's not like a Christmas movie. No, that's right. Nobody. So, so how, do we, how do we all get our heads around the fact? What small steps can each of us take throughout the Christmas period? to um, get our heads around the fact that our life isn't perfect, frankly. Good question. Well, I, like, I, I mean, I think um, actually the first thing I would say is that our lives are perfect mm. and we just might not believe they are because that's, that's thoughts. But actually our lives, you could argue, and I would in a, in a three-hour workshop, that our lives are entirely perfect and exactly as they're meant to be. Mm. So that again comes down to a little bit of practice and acceptance um how even said i read something lovely the other day and it said uh, oh yeah it's like why do bad things happen to good people 
Yeah. And and then there was this little line afterwards. Uh, it said something like, you're making two big assumptions there. Uh, first, that they are bad things, and second, that they are good people. And there is a huge amount of wisdom in that tiny statement because, you know, so a lot of us go through times that we perceive to be really bad mm-hmm. and awful and mm-hmm. terrible, and then when we come out of the other side we are shaped incredibly powerfully by things that we perceived as being awful. Mm. Um, you know, they can change the entire course of our life and, um, you know, for the better or worse. Again, that's subjective, but, um, you know, be very careful about, say, you know, people have the perfect this and perfect that because I think we all have exactly when we come to this acceptance that we have all got exactly what we need right at this moment mm. and are and are you know being dished up exactly what we need and that mm-hmm. can make life a lot easier even if that seems hard to swallow at the time um, but to come to that that thought you generally just need to first make a little bit of space don't you because you're being overwhelmed by thoughts that life's not going well or people are annoying you and this and that so you need to find a tiny little bit of space in that madness of thoughts mm-hmm. um yeah someone the other day said it's like it feels to them like they're in a snow globe and you know someone's shaking it up and there's just these millions of thoughts and feelings and emotions just going mad all around them mm-hmm. and when they can just find five minutes to step aside and just breathe or mm. whatever. It feels like those the snow just slowly settles down and the thoughts and the feelings, everything. They don't go anywhere. They're still there, but they just mm. settle. I thought that was a really lovely analogy. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that there'll be plenty of people who feel like their life at Christmas is a snow globe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What a whirlwind. Um, but, you know, so so first of all, finding some space you know maybe just i don't know you you know anything that focuses your attention as long as it's not facebook um (laughs) (laughs) uh, breathing i like it you know i like to breathe i say like eggy breath sounds horrific uh eggy breath yeah but it's it's a nice you know i prefer it to square breath because that's very angular and, and and linear but imagine the shape of an egg sort of sitting in an egg cup and and just to trace around the edge of it with your breath, you know, mm. as it goes up and rolls over and drops down. And even if you can do that for for ten seconds and maintain some focus on that, you'll just feel the snow in the mm. globe will start to settle. Mm. Um, and if you can maintain that a little bit longer, then you may actually find that you're able to have a little bit of clarity mm. um, and just say, okay, I don't understand why why I feel so bad or why life seems so bad. And it's not my job to actually understand that. You know, we always think there's a reason as if we are the center of the universe, mm-hmm. um, but we're not. The, the world just happens and we just happen to be part of it. And, you know, it's not focused on us, good or for bad. It just happens and we just perceive, perceive it. Oh, I'm off again. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just uh, we just perceive it as being good or bad, but it's it's just had life happening. Um, yeah. 
uh, you know, when you've got that little bit of space after a little bit of concentration, you may be able to just even entertain that, mm. that idea and that can in itself go, okay, I don't know, I don't understand, I don't have to, and it's not my job to know or understand all of this, but, mm. you know, who knows what tomorrow brings or next year brings or mm. whatever, you know. maybe I mean, some of the most amazing teachers that you ever meet are the ones that have suffered terribly. Mm. Um, and what a blessing and a gift for them and for the rest of us, for them to have endured such awful suffering to then be able to share really profound wisdom with us. Um, it's very hard to be profoundly wise if you live a life of complete uh, comfort, if you like, mm -hmm. because, you, you know, it's like a drug a drug addict being counselled by someone who's never been addicted to drugs. I, right. It must be quite difficult <laughs> to, to take a teaching off someone who's never, you know, mm -hmm. tried drugs if you're struggling with drug addiction. As I imagine if, if, a, if a drug addict has been through that battle and got themselves off and, and difficult, difficult to, to take lessons from people who haven't experienced it. And, uh, you know, from, from my point of view, um, you know, my, my journey with anxiety mm -hmm. has made it i know has has number one attracted an awful lot of people to come and and work with me or you know spend time with me because they feel um but they feel that that resonance that someone else understands what they've you know what they feel like um and then you know, I never understood depression, uh, which was a shame. I always thought, you know, I, I worked with a lot of people with depression, um, but mm -hmm. I always thought, oh, that sounds, you know, that sounds a bit miserable, but never really understood it. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, sort of, the, I don't know, a couple of years ago, probably because I'd engineered all of this time uh, and not chasing stuff, um, and I, you know, I sort of fell into depression. Mm. And all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh my god, this is depression!" At one day, I think it took me a while to realize sort of what it was. I was like, this isn't just miserable. This is like being this is completely. Really this is like beyond miserable. <laughs> this is you know, not wanting to get out of bed, not because I'm terrified for anxiety, but just because I feel like there is no point to to be in the world whatsoever. Um, and yeah, I mean, to be fair, I would take anxiety any day over depression. I really empathize with people that have long-term depression now. Mm. Um, but at the same time, uh, Gemma and the kids would probably not necessarily agree with me, but <laughs> I, you know, I'm really glad that I had that experience and it's obviously still now in my toolbox because I think probably once you've had it, it will come and go mm -hmm. um, because I can actually empathize and understand now what, those people are working with and trying to be with, which is something I never understood. Um, it's a, you know, there's a lot of depth to depression. Um, but at the same time, I found it very fascinating. Um, mm. Yeah, once I started looking at it less subjectively, um, it became quite an interesting thing, although it wasn't necessarily easy to get out of. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, at least I now have a little bit of wisdom to work with that as well. Um, so yeah, at the time, it, it seemed like, oh my God, life's dealt me a really 
curveball. I didn't see this coming. Life should be idyllic. I've engineered all this time for myself. I can, you know, work around my working day, works around whatever I want. Mm. I can get up when I want. I can go to bed when I want. I mean, it sounds idyllic, mm. but, you know, suddenly there's no structure and yeah. no particular need to do anything. And um, if, you know, the surf is flat for a month and there's not even anything to distract my silly mind with, mm. all of a sudden I'm left sitting with this stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, it was horrible. Um, but at the same time, would I change it? No, absolutely not. It's, uh, it's really valuable and still is, yeah. Mm. Oh, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's very interesting. So we won't run away from those negative thoughts and feelings that will inevitably crop up in various formats over the Christmas period, whether we're anxious, mm-hmm. worried, sad, lonely. I mean, it all comes up, doesn't it, at Christmas? Of course. <laughs> it's of course a it great does. time for <laughs> all of the emotions. Oh, absolutely. And especially yeah, if we've had sort of one too many to drink and then granddad starts out. telling you his views on <laughs> you know, when it was right. oh goodness yeah for sure and <laughs> life and yeah that's it there's people we've lost and people we miss and so every you know it's a hard time for people at christmas um and feeling you know it could be a time when people feel really lonely and, um, and inadequate. it's a time where you feel that there is an idealized version of what family life what life should look like how, things yeah. be, how I should have moved on since last Christmas, and I can't believe I'm still still me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that resolution I set last year to yeah. meditate a little bit every day. Oh, That's God, right. I, I can't even remember when I stopped, you know, whilst I There we go. But yeah, so we all feel a little bit disappointed with ourselves, but it's just a question you're suggesting of just sitting with it. It's, it's accepting. I think it's just accepting that, you know, it's just where we are, who we are. It's just life. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, everything else is just thoughts, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Everything beyond just being there in the moment with life is just mind stuff. And, you know, I often catch myself um, and I, you know, maybe I just, I see myself in those sort of thoughts or any thoughts. And I just mm-hmm. sit back and I go, is that really who I think I am? And is that who I really want to be for the rest of my physical you know, existence? Do I really think I'm these thoughts? Because they seem to come and go. <laughs> like They're here and then they're gone and then there's something else. And I'm pretty sure they aren't actually who I really am. You know, yeah. they're just things that annoy me and trouble me. And, you know, we, you know thinking is a very useful tool, but I, I often say it's like a sledgehammer. You know, it's like sledgehammer is really useful for a certain job mm. but when you finish that job you put the hammer down <laughs> just, put the hammer down. <laughs> just put it down because if not you're just carrying it around all day for no reason and it's mm. really exhausting to carry a sledgehammer around <laughs> that's a great uh, analogy i love that uh, yeah but our <laughs> thoughts are like that you know yeah. our thoughts are like that we thoughts are, are very useful when directed at a particular task but we are not thoughts we've just become so obsessed by them mm. that we seem to think without stop all day long and because of that we just come to this belief that we are our thoughts mm. and if those thoughts are that christmas isn't right i've got it wrong and i'm inadequate and it's mm. all, you know then that's who we become if, if that's what you're going to associate with then you will become it you know mm. um, true that uh, yeah well dan 
Thank you. Well, thank you. It's good to have some direction. If not, I just talk aimlessly for hours, but it's good good questions. <laughs> <laughs> I probably did oh. just talk aimlessly for an hour. <laughs> I, I think it was a conversation that I very, very much enjoyed. And I do think that other people might well enjoy listening in. I think there might be something there that somebody is able to resonate with um, that might help. I hope so. Think about different ways that we're overthinking our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't give like loads of practices. I'm, not, I'm sort of moving away from practices at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, yeah well, that's interesting. What's that about? What is that about? I yeah. don't. I just think. I just wonder if they're just another. <laughs> mind distraction <laughs> and I'm not I, I, but at the same time you know would I be at that that junction now without, without having done 20 right. something years of, of various practices probably not so is I'm not for as like I said I'm not for a second saying I don't think they're valuable I just think um I'd love to come up with some non-practice which would obviously be a practice wouldn't it yeah yeah but it, yeah I think for me it, it really did get to the stage you know the last few years where I've just been like more and more stepping out of um patterns of certain practices just because I've felt like I got stuck in them and I was just doing them for the sake of it rather than I'd sort of forgotten the whole yeah point of just 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 doing and just being and you know without constantly looking for some purpose in it and so on. Mm. um so I don't know I haven't really got any answers on that one I wish I was wise enough to but uh yeah, but yeah, I, I'm trying to resist offering too many practices up as such um, until I've probably got that a bit clearer in my mind anyway. Mm, very yeah. interesting. Mm. interesting. And which, your project is moving onwards, which sounds amazing, Dan. Well done. Well, thank you. See how that goes. Might come back full circle. Might be sitting back in this same room this time next year. But, you know, that'll be where right. I'm meant to be. <laughs> It was, yeah, on my way back from Devon, I decided to stop via Coombe Martin. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's curious. It's nice. It's a, it's, nice. it's a it's 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 weird because it's just well, it's supposedly the longest street in Britain, but I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> yeah, but it being one long street all the way down to the sea and and sitting in quite a steep valley, it's yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's got a spe- it's got quite a special little feeling to it, doesn't it? It has, yeah. It's a lovely place. It's been really nice to spend the last seven or eight years. Yeah. Well, it's a good chunk of time. Well, the little people grow up and become bigger people. Yeah, yeah. And it's been a good, you know, quiet space, to be mm. fair. There are no distractions here. <laughs> no, there, really could, there are literally no distractions. Um, yeah. That's, it's, it's hard to find something to go to if you want to. I really do hope that you enjoyed that little chat with Dan Pepiat. He really is such an inspiring person and just sees the sees life so differently. Anybody who consciously chooses to change their perspective 
and take a take a sideways on look at life I think is always so welcomed especially at this time of year at Christmas when many of us struggle um, in many different ways it's nice to know that there are different ways of looking at things so I really do hope that you've been enjoying our Movement for Modern Life Champions of Change series I hope that you have I hope that you've enjoyed his videos as well because he's got some fabulous ones if you just go to Movement for Modern Life and Dan Pepiat so scroll down and see our teachers you'll find some really really fascinating practices which as he says aren't yoga but they are yoga they'll really get you questioning um, your place in the world your place in yoga so it's a really interesting discussion and hopefully we'll have many many more discussions about that but in the meantime i really hope that you have a wonderful christmas and as a little christmas present to me um if you wouldn't mind going to itunes rating us saying a little something so that other people can find the podcast because there may well be people who don't know about movement for modern life and it might help them so thank you very very much indeed everybody and have a fabulous festive season.